Welcome to No Life Fresno. Come with us and meet your neighbors as we dive into the world of Fresno art, music, food, culture, and everything in between. Hello there, welcome to Porch Time. I'm your host, uh, Jonathan Lofi, and we are at Spokeasy, and today we have a guest, uh, Nick Kennedy, starting us off, and anyway, how are you today? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Today is uh, my second day off uh, after having worked for pretty much a month straight, so I'm feeling pretty good. What do you, uh, don't let me ask, what do you do for work? I am a uh, communications, uh, marketing, and PR consultant uh, working with different uh, organizations in the Central Valley and Bay Area. Awesome. That sounds very technical. I can't do that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I work outside. Um, okay. It's fun. It's a lot of writing. Um, how long have you lived in Fresno? Or, or say the sense like uh, it doesn't have to be a continuous amount of time. You can sure. talk about your if you've left or come back. Lots of people leave, mm -hmm. come back. Some people never leave. Um, yeah, yeah. I um, I was one of those uh, growing up who kind of always wanted to get out and um, uh, lived in Fresno basically my whole life. Grew up here um, and. Uh, Ended up living in the uh, UK for about a year in 2007-2008, uh, living in Ventura, uh, sort of 2010 time frame, uh, and then living in a van from about uh, 2013 to 2015. Um, lived in Berkeley as well, um, went to school out there, but but pretty much always found a reason to come back to, to Fresno, and um, yeah, I love it here. I, I, you know, I, I remember seeing you like growing up. We, you know, seeing you at shows, and then I, I like, you're an integral part. I remember like being in the Fresno music scene. Sort of, might get to you'll probably bring it up later, but like you know, being at Cup of Joe a lot, mm -hmm. facilitating that, and then, then I just remember like, like you, you were just gone, and I forgot that you went to Europe and Ventura, and then and I remember you, were, you know, uh, recently you were in Berkeley. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's really rad. Um, so speaking of Fresno, what what do you like about Fresno? One of the things I, I really like about Fresno is the people. Uh, there's certainly plenty of people that that might make you think otherwise, but um, I think uh, one of the things that I've I've learned about Fresno from actually going away and coming back several times is how much. Um, community means to Fresno and to the people who are here um, you know living in England uh, I experienced that too in a different way but uh, in the Bay Area I found that very difficult and in Southern California I found that very difficult as well um, so one of you know coming back to Fresno um, this last time one of the key reasons was the network of people I, I know here sure. how much I can just just plug straight back in and knowing that um, that community was something that, if I wanted to develop it intentionally, it was going to be something that I could do. And like, this is something I always, like, I mean, at least for myself, like going around and visiting other cities and even myself living somewhere for a temporary time. Um, was there like a certain, like, you know, you were saying you were in Berkeley and, and in, in 
like kind of the Ventura area, like what was it that was hard? And for, like, what was the difference, like specifically? I mean, um, well, I think with like finding connections, was it just like, those two places were different experiences? Um, but you know, with with Ventura for me, it was. Um, it, it also sort of had a small town feel like Fresno, but I didn't have that built-in network, so right. it felt like already sort of a little bit clicky. But um, you know, I made some friends, but they, um, you know, the summer that I had moved there, um, we hung out a bunch, and then fall came around, and they all went back to college. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's like oh yeah, it's and then like, I was yeah. like kind of back to square one. <laughs> I, I do remember that there was a time where like when we were that age where. Where it's like it's like the summer of George. Mm-hmm. Like you're just hanging out every day, and you're like, "What are you doing? Nothing. Oh, let's go hang out." And it's like till four in the morning, and all yep. of a sudden, like, just like it's like that only time where you just like you feel like you have no responsibilities. It's like the last like remaining of like we aren't adults yet, so we can yeah. kind of just sort of do whatever we want. And then the reality hits like, "Oh, it's the fall. Like, well, we have to get back to business." Yeah. And and that was that was tough for me as well. Like I didn't. Um, fully realized when I moved to Ventura um, that the venue I was going to be booking at, I was, that I was only going to be able to book Christian bands. What venue was it? Uh, Epic. Epic. Uh, it was uh, some of the same folks from the Alpine, um, which preceded it for quite some time. Um, um, pretty cool spot. I mean, both of them are really Is cool. Is Alpine still in Ventura? So Alpine closed, um, and... So when I moved to Ventura, uh, they were taking some of that same gear, stage lighting, sound, and all that, and starting a new spot um, just under a different name. Um, and that is when Mikey Bridges um, um, hit me up. He, he used to run TomFest, if you recall. Oh, yeah, TomFest, yes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he hit me up and wanted me to move down to, um, to manage his uh, venue in Ventura um, because he'd been hearing about like a lot of the stuff I had been doing at Cup of Joe. Sure. Um, so um, I made the move down there. Um, and then just, you know, a lot of my coworkers were great, um, but a lot of them were, you know, they had significant others sure. and, you know, sort of whole lives outside of work. So that just became really difficult. Um, and in fact, one, you know, moving back was actually what led me to even being available to do the old tire swinger stuff. but. Uh, to your question also just about the Bay Area and what one of the big differences were for me and one of the reasons I wanted to move back was the Bay Area is such a transient population and, and I don't mean that in a in a houselessness sort of way but um, but more so that there's a lot of people that are just kind of coming and going sure and so you invest in these relationships and these friendships and and everything, but you're also rolling the dice. Are these people it's, even going to be here in two years? It's like working so. at Starbucks, where it's like a stepping ladder for some people. And yeah. some people say, and that's totally awesome. Right. I, I can see that. Okay. And uh, but I knew coming back to Fresno, while there's always going to be some turnover in who's around sure. and who's um, actively like going out and hanging out and everything. Um, I knew that there'd be, you know be some contingent of folks that I could reconnect right. with. Absolutely, because yeah, that's what Fresno. Uh, that's something at least I've noticed with Fresno is. There's usually people around holding down the situation and still down to uh, be supportive with the creative musical community. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, totally. I, I hear that about Fresno, the good thing about Fresno. Um, now, what do you dislike about Fresno? 
I should have asked that question first. But <laughs> I should have like, started with the negative and then, like, but whatever. Yeah, all good, all good. <laughs> um, I mean, just like any place, there's plenty of things that I would wish were different, you know. You're never, and, and this is one of the things, people like to talk trash about Fresno. Um, but having been so many other places, you can find shit about any place sure. that you don't like. Right. Um, and so one of the things that I, I don't like about Fresno is is how that mindset can get really baked in um, just to be super negative. Sure. And, um, you know, I, I, I understand it to a degree um, in terms of what can bring people to become jaded or, or what have you. But, right. um, you know, I think it's always important to intentionally try to find the positive um, yeah. in what's already here, um, but also the potential. And one of the things that, you know, this is another thing that I love about Fresno, but um, you can, if you want to make your mark, your mark can have an outsized impact in Fresno in ways that it couldn't have in massive metropolises sure. like the Bay of San Francisco or LA or Portland or Seattle. Um, and, you know, that was one of the things that attracted me to come back. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, as a part of what I don't like about Fresno, you kind of have to drudge like against um, these notions from Fresnans about how shitty Fresno is and how it will not overcome its shittiness. And it's like, not with that attitude, fucker. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I'm a bit of an optimist uh, when it comes to Fresno more than some folks. That's fine. But uh, hey, we need we need that. Absolutely. And um, you know, what what I like about Fresno certainly uh, outweighs what I dislike about Fresno. Absolutely, I hear that. How long have you been playing music? Hmm. Well, I'm an old man of 37, and I uh, believe that I started um, when I was 14 or 15. So, yeah. So, what, like, what was your story Crazy. with that? Was like, did you like save up money and, and go to the local guitar store? Did you were you hand? A, well. Like, I guess this was, in some ways, um, you know, how I was lucky and simultaneously unlucky. Um, it all started back with the church. Sure. <laughs> I, I like many of us, yes. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I was lucky in the sense that there were people there that were playing music, you know, a little like a worship team for the youth group or whatever. Uh, and I was lucky that they were kind and generous people and that they let my brother and I play on their instruments because we certainly didn't have instruments and, and couldn't afford to just go get some on our sure. way. Um, and so we got our start, um, honestly, uh, playing worship songs. And then also in, um, you know, during the week, we'd just come in and um, I was playing, my first instrument was bass actually. Um, and my brother was on drums and we would just learn songs off the radio when no one else was in the youth group room. Right, yeah. And, um, that, and you're like, probably like listening to the secular songs and so that... Oh yeah, KRZR, oh, yeah, like, like... Turn it, the pastor's coming, turn it... Shh, so yeah. You guys doing? No, we're, we're doing like, yep. Lord, I lift your name on high. Totally, we were not just <laughs> that listening... That's pretty aggressive, but yeah. Lord, I lift your name on high. Right, we were not, we were certainly not just listening to, to Metallica or Offspring or any of that. <laughs> no, not at all. 
Um, but um, so actually, yeah, um, we started going to Soundstage um, okay, yeah. just because we were it was the closest music store to where we lived, um, yeah. and um, we just liked to browse. We couldn't afford to buy anything, but we just wanted to see what was there. And eventually, I convinced my mom um, to to get me a bass on layaway. Okay, yeah. Um, and so I picked up this, you know, at the time I was so pumped, but it's this, like, god-awful graphite, like, gray Ibanez uh, little little new metal machine. <laughs> Can I, um, a real quick segue? Or yeah. Like kind of same, uh, you know, speaking of soundstage, like, that, mm-hmm. that was a very, like, at our time growing up, like, soundstage was, like, the store to go to like the, the guitar store like, I'd, I would go in there and yep. shoot the shit with uh, uh, Vince Cotaro, Eric, Peters Eric Peters as well and yeah was, you know I'd, and so I'll just be in there hanging out and, and I think that was a really cool I mean still those connections still exist yeah very very uh, genuinely and we still have relationships together. I think that's Absolutely. awesome about that store um, yeah my brother ended up even working there for some time okay. so um, actually that's right I think I remember that okay. yeah 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I've been playing music since uh, since I was about 14 or 15. Uh, started off on bass, like I mentioned. Um, moved over to guitar. Um, that's where I actually started playing with my first band, uh, Airplane to Nowhere, which you probably recall. Yeah, I do. Um, and, um, you know, it was sometime later, um, Paul Chesterton asked me if I wanted to go on tour with him. Yes, I was, and this was, uh, was this with... With, tire with old tire yeah, swingers, okay. yeah, uh-huh. and I had I had just moved back from Ventura. Yeah, I had no idea what the project was, but uh, and, and and I wear this hat. I, I in, love uh, I love the <laughs> so what, uh, what the viewers may not be seeing is or not viewers listeners. Um, uh, Nick's wearing a trucker hat, uh, Atari Champ. So for people that know that band, uh, hailing from Dinuba, Kingsburg, Paul Tristan, hello. Yep, <laughs> exactly. Um, um, they, Atari Champ was was very much you know a straight up indie rock group, yeah. and so that's sort of where what my lens of Paul Chesterton musically was when he asked me if I wanted to old timey music yeah well, and so I, I uh, just assumed that we were going to be playing some indie rock stuff. Um, he told me to bring my acoustic guitar to the first practice, and I said, okay, well maybe he just wants to show me the songs very basically. Yeah. I show up, there's an upright bass, a banjo, a mandolin, and I'm like, well, yeah. oh shit, what did I get myself into? It's funny because you came after me because I, I was doing other stuff. That's and right. And, and yeah. so I remember when, when Paul asked me, I was like, sure. And I was like, I don't even, I don't know. I was like, Dun dun, what's dun 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 dun? Like it's yeah. like, you're, and, and you're holding that backbeat, and I was like, this is this is insane, but it's such a beautiful introduction to. I think yeah. where I can say, I think we could both say this, where it's led us to what we're doing now, like and in many you're, ways. You were you're uh, so you know you're old tire swingers, airplane of nowhere, and, and now you you know, and you can't you can't forget the scene machine that I played with uh, with Daniel Schultz. We only had like three or four shows before really? I moved Where'd to England. Cup of Joe, um, and somewhere in Tower, and then some like me and Ed's in like Hanford. Okay. Like, um, we played it. a backyard show uh, here in Tower when we, when my brother and I threw Kennedy Fest. <laughs> oh, yes! I remember Kennedy Fest. Okay, it was yeah. Kennedy Fest. Um, and, um, 
that was just a really fun band. It was, you know, almost all entirely in jest, but uh, but we can't leave that one out. So absolutely, <laughs> and I um, kind of already answering some of those other questions. Um, so you've been talking about. I know you're in the process of doing some new projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go into that? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think like many um, folks during the pandemic, um, you know, people were itching to get together with other people again, and people were itching to, to play music more. Um, and that was no different um, for my brother and I, but who also had gone back to school and, you know, started working a professional job. And so even prior to the pandemic, you know, um, was it the last musical thing I did before that was um, our last tour with Old Tire Swingers. When our last show was in in uh, the Netherlands, and that was in 2013, and that was essentially the last time I picked up my guitar up until maybe about six months ago. Um, and you know, this had been a long time, um, and we didn't really have space to. Um, practice or get together at our apartments or houses or anything and so we decided to to hit up brian over at studio nine and we were able to secure a spot so we jumped back in um it's now um a handful of us who are doing this sort of indie emo punk project um with uh, nathaniel who also played mandolin for old tire swingers but also um has his other project rms olympic and um his punk project from back in the day the martyrs um, as well as John from Corsair um, and my brother who's been in many projects as well. Um, but then Nathaniel and I also started another group where we're doing more, um, you know, straight up like bluegrassy and old timey stuff, that, a lot more in the vein of old tire swingers than, than anything else. Um, so we're just getting that off the ground. Um, both of these bands are in their nascent stages. Um, in fact, the the rock band doesn't even have a name yet. We've got some contenders, but sure. um, yeah. haven't landed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it uh, looks like for uh, this other project with Nathaniel, we're going to be called Long Forgotten. Okay. I love that name. Awesome. That's great. Um, and uh, we're actually going to be debuting our first uh, show at Porch Fest on April 9th. Uh, so we're excited about that. What time are you guys playing? Uh, we are playing from 5 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Okay. I... Uh, I... I will try to be there. Awesome. I, uh, I hope I can see you guys. I really would love Absolutely. to see you guys. Absolutely. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, and uh, we just learned that we're the official high top stage for Porch Fest. Wow. Okay. So right we're, we're pretty excited about that. Um, and uh, we're going to have uh, Nathaniel, in fact, is going to be doing a set of RMS Olympic stuff. It's like folk punk stuff. Um, and there's uh, the person that walked in earlier who's going to be, uh, is that person going to be playing with you as well? Um, so, um, yes, I believe so. Oh, we're just working on stuff right now. Um, so right now it's myself going back and forth between, um, um, guitar and claw hammer banjo and Nathaniel going back and forth between, um, guitar and mandolin. Okay. And then, uh, Nathan on upright bass. So that's going to be a cool little setup. And, uh, we're looking for fiddle player, Scruggs banjo player, any anything that we can kind of fill it out to be more of a full string band. I think, I, yeah, so. I was talking to your bandmate Nathaniel about this. Uh, at the, your last, actually, not your last, but your first, but the previous uh, Fresno Music Industry, which we're uh, going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we were talking about that where it's like oh i'm looking for a banjo player i'm looking for like this <laughs> or like we're gonna have to like trade people because that's how it's like having a drummer everyone just shares yep, everyone has absolutely. to go around that's yep. what about fresno is, is we all have to share exactly <laughs> we have limited resources so i mean that, you know that's just like so where was this transition when in the, instead of just playing music that you wanted to focus more on the community side of things uh, which still involves music but when was like when did you make that decision or what was like the what sort of those gears rolling in well having had a space to do that with cup of joe in the past um it really in hindsight like helped me understand how much community was not just important for me at the time but how much it was important to the music scene at the time in order for it to to blossom in, in some of the ways that it did um and my original thought moving back here was man i'd love to start another music video uh, music venue and do that again sure um but I lo started looking into it and realized how financially intensive that would be right. and just understood, okay, well, unless someone's going to invest, right? I I mean, that's that's more of a long-term goal at this point. Right. Um, it's really hard to have the capital to start. Like, it's like, you look at an idea, that's a really great idea. Yeah. And ideally, you want to, like, have the things to facilitate for something to work. Yep. So, like, that's really cool that you're starting from a very grassroots, just, like, um, Yeah. I, I mean, looking honest, at... Like, a simple level and then mm -hmm. let it take I mean it's already seeming like um, it's taking off very like amazingly yeah um, I mean I you know I had no idea how, what kind of response I would get you know thinking about the music venue was a little discouraging but then I thought you know I don't I don't need my own space to generate community if that's the goal um, and so the idea was you know let's just get people who are musicians and also musically adjacent in terms of whatever their their creative skills are right. i love or... that i love that uh inclusiveness because mm -hmm. i think a lot of times when we grew up there was like well you it's like it's like back in the day when like you know if you skated or rollerbladed or rode bikes it was like there's a lot you know there's kind of like it's like well, that's different and yeah it's like no like you know applying this here it's like no it's like everybody serves creative. the same sort of you know uh maybe their own purpose amongst the larger sure. community but it all um, works together it does and and making sure that we have a healthy space for musicians but also for photographers Absolutely. and web designers and graphic designers and you know um music venue staff and promoters and sure. having a um a community where everybody knows everybody and there's established relationships right you're already gonna have like people burning people like decline because there's you know added social pressure because everybody knows everybody but like at the end of the day too it's just a way for people to um connect in ways that are going to establish more opportunities yeah. for everyone involved um you know one, one of the cool things about the first uh, meetup that we did uh, over a high top um so i mean i had no idea what the expectation was right. going to be for that um in fact the reason i started doing this was I was going to this um, thing called Balanced Breakfast out in Oakland uh, when I was living in the Bay. And it was the first Saturday of every month. They got together at a cafe and it was just, you know, 10, 20, however many people showed up, musicians and other people that um, were generating community. And I thought, you know, that'd be really cool to do here. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't sure what kind of hunger there would be for them. Right. And 
the first one that we did over at High Top was great just because it really alleviated any anxiety about that hunger. There were a lot of people that didn't get to show up that wanted to, yeah. and there were still 30 or 40 people that showed up. And it was great. Yeah. And so, just for the listeners, uh, so this is, it's, it's called the Fresno Music Industry Meetup, or is that, is that what it's called, or is there a specific yeah. name? That's it? I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, just, yeah, pretty much just the Fresno Music Industry Meetup. It's, uh, I'm just using it sort of as a generic term, kind of a catch-all, just for, for people to, you know, recognize whether it's something that they'd be interested in. So. And, uh, and when you... When you meet, just so people can listen to when, when do you guys meet up? When does these happen? So we are meeting up um, as of now and until the interest uh, fades, essentially. Um, you know, we're going to be meeting up the last Saturday of every month. Okay. Uh, right now, it's going to be taking place at a different um, small business, uh, mostly in Tower and downtown. Um, just to kind of support different places in terms of the direct business when we show up to do the meetup, but also to introduce people to places that maybe they just haven't been before or haven't been to in a while. And I, I do also really like the fact that you meet in the downtown tower area with the cultural arts where there's a lot of in other parts of Fresno where it, not that it doesn't happen, it's just people may not feel comfortable. Um, yeah. I think it's really, really cool that you're facilitating this. I do have patients which leads me to my next question. Uh, what does a porch mean to you? What is, what is your porch? And that's just it could be physical or like metaphorical. You know, and it's like more like a philosophical question, I suppose. Hmm. Well, I think I'm still going to take it a, f- a fair amount literal. Uh, yeah, you can. But, I mean, anyone can. Yeah. But like, you know, it's a, a place of, of uh, solitude and reflection. Um, a place where you can catch some fresh air Um, you know whether it's um, you know hanging out having a conversation you know with with my roommate or anybody any friends or anything or um, you know picking up my banjo and just kind of having a little bit of fun Um, it's a it's a a place of um, of respite I like that answer it's really good I, I know sometimes I'm having my porch time. It's a time to reflect and think and, and work on music sometimes, sometimes not. Or, yeah. or it's just a place to have like solitude sometimes where you need to like unwind and clear your head. Yeah. Absolutely. Great answer. Um, last question uh, for our listeners. Uh, do you have any advice or any, any, yeah, any advice for up and coming creative folks in the town? Uh, any words of. Yeah, um, create, 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 and create some more. Um, you know, I was talking with my roommate, but also um, um, uh, one other person that just the last couple of days, um, where we, you know, talking about like writing songs, for instance, but this could be any creative process, where you know you're your most, you're your, you're your biggest critic, and sometimes that can get in the way of finishing something but the reality is you know you're 100 like it's not going to be a hundred percent of your creative endeavors are going to be like brilliant masterpieces you know what i mean like it's going to be some like some proportion of of all of that you create is going to be great and whether that's one in three uh or one in five or one in ten 
you know, if it takes you to write three songs to have a really good song, then write 30 songs if you want to release an album. Um, you know, essentially believe in yourself, but don't uh, don't let your own um, inner dialogue keep you from finishing something. I that's 100%. Like a lot of times, I, I will have self self doubt and definitely the your own, your own worst critic where you're just like oh, I don't know, and it's like yeah. then you're just like ah, no, and then you just right. like throw the thing down and you're just like. And that could have been something that could turn have turned into something brilliant, right. but you stopped working on it's it. A self, it's a, de- a self-defeating uh, prophecy. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's great wisdom. And uh, the other thing I would say is, um, you know, meet people. Not all creatives are extroverts, and I understand that, but um, it takes a community. And the only way that I've been able to do many of the things that I've been able to do has been because of my own determination and and will to like act and have this bias to action but in concert with the support of friends and family and um people who believe in me sometimes even more than i believe in myself i i found that a lot too with community around here is once you kind of get out there and then shining your light people are oh wow they can either get inspired there's always going to be haters too well that's just but you just got to ignore them yeah their insecurity is their problem um i I think that's all great um well i think that's a wrap on porch time uh well thank you for having me john i appreciate it yeah uh, everyone this is uh nick kennedy and thanks for joining me on porch time this is your host uh jonathan lo-fi see you down the line This has been a No Life Fresno production, a branding department brand. To learn more about branding department, visit brandingdepartment.com and check out our full blog of No Life Fresno content, including these recordings at nolifefresno.com. Music by Jonathan Lofi.